Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Shark Pod, live from Greystone Studios, aka my box room out there in Glenageary. I've got my brother-in-law, uh, Mark Baker. How's it going, Mark? I'm great, Luke. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm in great form altogether today. Back at work after the, a great weekend of the trick or treating with kids and all that type of stuff. Uh, yeah, it was great fun. Uh, but we've put all that aside today because we've got our, uh, our guest out there. And uh, did you say it was Dumboyne? Dumboyne. Dumboyne, yeah. yeah. So we got Niall Lachlan. Most famous man from Dumboyne. Okay, Niall Lachlan out there in Dumboyne. Very welcome to the Sharkpot. Thanks for having me, lads. So so for those out there that haven't uh, haven't heard of you, it, one of the, I guess, the premier um, caricature artists in Ireland. Is that the, is that the, is that the pitch? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, that covers it, I suppose, yeah. I suppose that's what I'm best known for, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and and you guys, so you you and Mark uh, have known each other for a long time uh, through the art business stuff like that. So, Mark, when did you meet Niall? How'd that come about? Um, I would have I would have known Niall's work like when I was kind of a teenager. He used to be feel old, Mark. Yeah, no, I was about forty. I was about. 15. Uh, but he 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 would have shown his work in the Green Gallery in Stevens Green Shopping Centre. You know the gallery I'm in. That I show my stuff in. So yeah. now is the reason I actually got in there because I used to, it's quite hard to get into galleries when you're a young artist. Like I'm sure any artist listening will know, you know, and you usually only get one chance at kind of showing your work. And then if it's a no, it's a no. So I, I think I did try and I failed. And then I reached out to Niall just kind of coldly, just said, look, big fan of your work or whatever I said, like what, like, like any young person would like, what do you think it is? And I think you said they were good. Uh, you probably gave me a few tips and continue to give me tips on painting. Uh, and we just kind of developed a a, a relationship, uh, an art relationship since then. And I, very, like in fairness, I'm not just blowing smoke. Like he was influential in my kind of early career, giving me the confidence, giving me the, the helping hand wherever he could. Uh, even tried to get me into caricatures, but I, I I'm rubbish at them. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I remember Mark. It was, it was the. Um, I remember your your paintings initially. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I tell the story all the time. Even when I, I don't teach art and stuff, but people ask for advice on paintings. The one thing I remember, and I, I the one thing I will, I will take, take, yeah, I will take credit for. I actually think it transformed your drawings literally overnight. Was what? What are you gonna say? Throw out the black paint and the black and white and, and just the difference it made, um, the difference it makes, not just to you, but to, like, it's the one thing I constantly is get rid of the black and white. You don't get rid of the black per se, although I wouldn't have black in my palette anymore very rarely. And I would have white, white you need for everything, but I'm talking about pure white. And pure black, you know, um, mix up, you know. So yeah, I do remember that. I will take credit for that, but that's it. The rest is talent is all yours. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, there's there's an old painting of Bono I did during the Elevation tour, I think it was, and his face. When I look at it now, like it just, it's. I think he said it to me. He looks dead. You can like, see it, it's, it's mad. Yeah, yeah, and then I literally the next painting I did 
there's see this dark, this is gonna get technical now, but the dark browns, the dark greens, the right. ultramarine blues, they they're what makes up like I have a Johnny Cash in black years ago. There's no black paint used in that, you yeah. know, and it's it's all those dark colours mixed together. It's the perception of black against everything else. Um but it's a game changer for anyone listening. And I have passed on that advice to young artists is to get rid of the black, unless you're doing a black and white painting or whatever. I even just say, Mark, I've just come back from a, a thing in Brighton where all of our artists meet up and stuff. And there's a friend of mine, Tony, he, he was a caricaturist, now he does landscapes. He's making it brilliant at them. Um, and also, you know, Colin, I presume you know Colin Davidson. Yeah. The portrait painter. But I've literally just, I was so inspired by, and I was just come back from Venice as well, and I was so inspired by all the paintings over there um, that I, I'm just after literally ordering today a load of oil paints, like uh, really good oil paints. But the palette that I ordered, like it's so limited, and I'm going to really, I know we can talk about this more afterwards if you want, but I suppose we're just talking about it. That's the whole idea. Um, the, the colours that I ordered are so limited, and I haven't painted with oils in years, but I'm literally, I'm going to, just force myself to use these four colors and, and paint with oils and just see how I get on with them. It's if I ever find the time. I'm, I'm determined to find the time. I know, and I know you want to talk about that, but yeah, literally just today I ordered them. So I'm looking forward to them coming. And what's the palette called? There's all different names for it. It's not palette. the Zoran palette. It's literally, it's just magenta, it's white, it's cyan, and it's, Jesus Christ, cyan, white, magenta, and yellow. Yeah, okay. so before kind of prime, yeah, and literally Colin Davison was kind of showing how you can just mix them all. And Tony gave me his tap palette, burnt on, burnt sienna. One of the, I forgot one other one he said, and that's it. I'm going to stick to that, and that's it. I'm not going to use anything else. Well, so I say, we'll see. And what's, yeah. this, what's the story with not using black or white? What is that? What is that for somebody who doesn't? Isn't it? Well, black you, is a. Go ahead. You get technical on it, but black is a. Oh, Mark, you explain if you want. It's, it's a shade. It's more of a shade than than anything else. It just makes every it it kind of tints everything completely different color. Yeah, see, nothing's black. This is what I say to mm. people. Nothing is black. Like you know, people say, uh, like if you look at the microphone, you went into a shop to buy that. And you see, I can't even see it here on my screen. Uh, so it might look black in the box. And you say, what color is that? And your man goes, it's black, obviously. But you can see it here, even on my screen, you can see that it's picking up the light off everything. It's actually quite purple and there's greys and there's like all different tones. So I don't see any, like maybe at the very bottom of it, like where there's no light. But even then I wouldn't use black. It just, it's, it's hard to explain it. It just kills you. It's like you put black on your paint and it's like, it just dies. It's, it makes it grey. It makes everything. Yeah, it just stands out and you can see it like it. And you can see it even in, a, in a amateur paintings when you walk around the colleges and stuff. How the art teachers don't tell them just to paint over, like to put your base colour down, get rid of all the white on the canvas. And you can see them where they've painted over the white canvas because that's what they think you're meant to do. And sometimes they use the white of the canvas for highlights, which looks really bad. But no, amateurs, like, and it's not their fault because they haven't been taught any different. Get rid of all the white. So a lot of artists might use like a grey tone or an orange tone for portraits or kind of, a, you know, a yellow ochre kind of, you know, colour just to get rid of all that and then paint over that. Um, so your lights are actually, 
your light, lightest parts, even though they might be white for the very kind of the highlights of the eyes or kind of a shine on the tooth or something like that's all, or maybe even just the tip of the nose, just a bit of white, but it wouldn't even be pure white, if you know what I mean, because it's going to be blended over what's under there as opposed to the white of the canvas. So it's, it's that kind of thing. It's, it's, teeth, teeth are never white. It's a bizarre thing. People say, oh, you lovely white teeth. But if you actually got a color dropper, a really accurate one and in Photoshop and you color drop their teeth, you'll see that they're not even close to being white. Even the whitest teeth, although some of these turkey teeth, probably, you know, I call them turkey teeth. They're not, you know, because yeah. that's what oh. people go to get their teeth done. Yeah. Um, turkey teeth, they call them. Uh, if you use an eyedropper on them, it's, it's, it's so many other factors. Uh, the light in the room, uh, you know, and so on. So even though they might smile at you and like you have these white teeth, they're actually not white. So that's just, it's just a weird thing. You can make, you can make a, a kind of a blue or even a yellowy kind of color. You can actually make that look quite white by the other colors that contrast around yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's such an interesting way of, uh, of looking at things where you, like you said, you're walking around and you're seeing uh, people maybe starting out or kind of just learning the craft at the beginning and they don't, they've just not been taught these things. It kind of leads me to think that can, if someone has like a little bit of talent, can they, go off you know pretty far if they've got a lot of uh mentoring or kind of uh teaching if someone someone who's been there and done that can can sit beside them and tell them these things do you think that that someone with a little bit of talent could do well there or is it still mostly innate well you can use me as an example <laughs> i i thought that i was doing the right thing and it was also it was almost a and i was self-taught and i kind of Apart from Niall, actually, I am. I'm taught by myself and Niall. That's it, really. And I'm just looking at it and absorbing other stuff. But years years ago, people didn't really have as much YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff to kind of... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was almost it was like a paradigm shift. It was a complete different shift when I when I took away the, the black. I, I might never have actually found that myself. So that's where somebody coming in to teach you can actually take you from, you know, 50 to 100 just by telling you one thing. So I think you can definitely teach yourself for sure. Um, but is Luca asking, do you need, uh, uh, Luca, are you asking, do you need some basic talent or can you, like, are you? Is talent enough or are you, are you saying yeah, without? Like, like say, if, yeah. say if I've got somebody who's like, you know, like when I was growing up, there was always a couple of people in the class that were, you know, <coughs> deadly at art. You know? and, uh, some of them kind of ran with that. But uh, if somebody was kind of like mediocre enough, could they, do good work if they had somebody intensive uh mentoring uh you know like a, a lot of guidance there or do you think that the, the talent comes first and then it's just the polishing that the mentorship can give you, do you know I mean? we might have different opinions on this one mark i get into this debate a lot so i'd be interested to see what you think um okay i was thinking that, that was a different question you're asking so I think they, I think they can, it depends what your definition of an artist is, but like as a working artist, yeah. maybe say, well now again, cartoon animation isn't my thing, but I would imagine you can be, you can be average to good uh, with the right skill sets and the right, um, taught the right things that you can be pretty much quite successful. You can also be very, very talented and not go anywhere with it as well. So I would say, yeah, yeah. My answer would be, yeah. What do you think now? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> maybe with the animation, but I, I, okay, I'm not gonna, we can't mention any names, but there is a few artists and 
uh, I would never ever say, you know, and, and they draw day and night, like literally they never stop and they never seem to improve. Um, people say the more you do it, the, the, you know, that you, 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 can, you can do anything, but I, I'm a firm believer that you have to have something. That's just my belief. Like people tell you, you can do anything you want. I'm quite cynical. I don't believe that. I'm going to play soccer later. I'm like, I'll always be a shit soccer player. <laughs> my knees are gone. I've been playing for years. You know, but I enjoy it. But I know I'll never be good at it. And I never would have been, no matter how, you know, I would have been only like just very average. I, I just firmly believe that you have to have something. Like you have to have something. Uh, I don't think, you know, I, I think Mark kind of touched on it. Yeah, you can paint yourself and to enjoy yourself. But I think to go to that, to another level, you just have to have some, I think art is one of those things that, cause I know from like, I meet hundreds of people every week from doing weddings and events and stuff and so on. And the one thing that people constantly say to me is that I wish I had your talent. Uh, I wish I could draw because, uh, and you know, they really wish they could, but they can't. And I don't know what that says, but I, I, I personally think you have to have something. Well, let's, yeah, I, I do agree. And I've watched what you do, you know, hundreds of times and I've actually sat behind you trying to to learn from you as a caricaturist and it's it's honestly that it's fascinating the talent and I say it to everyone continually like I don't know anyone that can do what Niall does how how natural it comes how quick he can do it how like without any seemingly any any stress Mark have you seen my early stuff I, uh, yeah. I'd love to show uh, I don't have any here but I, honestly I'd love to show it to you because honest to God I, I, even like my wedding invites I look back at them now like I, I would have been I think I was 30 when I got married and I look at the style of my wedding invites and I look at how much my, like it wasn't like I'm kind of contradicting myself now a little bit but you know it was like it's evolved so much but it goes back to what I said though it was always that kid who could draw I was known as the kid who could draw. But to answer your question, Luke, it's not really answering your question. Like It's huge. Like, to sit now, for me, at a wedding, to do what I do in such a... And Mark mentioned speed, and to get it right first time, like, there's just... Like, there's, there's 30, 30 plus years of practice on that. To, yeah. to train your eye and hand coordination, where you literally know by just almost, like, just a quick glance what you're going to do, and your hand reacts to that, like, that wasn't always like that, Luke. Like, it really wasn't like, you know, you do it and then you kind of, that's not right. Then you do it again. Then you do the eye and you kind of, it doesn't look right. And, you know, you spend ages just fixing things. Now, like today, I'm working on commissions like loads of faces and I'm literally drawing without any pencil sketch. I'm just like, tum, 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 tum. and I'm going, shit, I couldn't have done that even, even five years ago, I wouldn't have had the confidence to do that. Like, honestly, even five years ago, I would have had to do it. And now I have the confidence to just put the line down and then. And that's just practice. But the the art of sorry, Luke. The art of the caricature is within itself is a very very specific type of art. But like, oh. and it's extremely hard. So it to is. say, can, harder than it looks. I agree. I like someone. I, people often say to me, "Will you do a caricature?" I'm like, "I'll quicker, oh, ten times quicker, do a realistic portrait than I'll do a caricature <laughs> for you." So let's just do let's just do a realistic portrait. It doesn't make sense, but trust me. And trying to to do both. It's like two different parts of the brain. I don't know if, yeah. how hard you've tried to do portraits. You probably haven't really, but like, it's it's weird. It's like two things battling against each other when you're trying to do both. Um, 
Yeah, they always, I mean, I have, I have a few on my, on my, you know, the Conor McGregor one people would say there was Game of Thrones when I did that book, but they always kind of creep into the, their, their portraits, but, you know, it's me really holding back, like really holding back. Um, but that's a whole different conversation as well, Mark, isn't it? Because we know that um, um, doing portraits, it's, you know, you can't go out and do them for entertainment. You can't go out and do them for, you know, to do it to do a portrait for a gift, like it's 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 commitment. Do you know what I mean? It's like something that people, you know, whereas the caricatures, you can you can like I mean, look, there's no doubt about it. You can do them quicker. You you can absolutely do them quicker. Um, that's that's another conversation, I guess. But it is a different a different craft. But to be honest, have you not noticed, Omar? I I, I personally think uh, my my commissions now, although they have the kind of you know the fun body and the, the jokes and the things in the hand, like, and stuff. I look, here's one here that I'm working with. Like, I don't know if you can see that. That's just one I just, yeah. There. Uh, like it is cartoony, right? Yeah. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, right. I am telling you now, right? There's another one, a wedding one. You can see it there. You see it that I'm yeah. just, yeah. I can tell you now that there's little or no exaggeration in those faces. Mm. Like honestly, it's, it's so, it's so uh, it's so subtle, and that's when I go back to say how much my style has changed. Because I, I often say to Lena, just I'm not even a caricature. So, well, I am, but I mean, the truth is that when I draw them, I'm, I'm there is a caricature element because my style is that style. But there's like I'm I'm looking at the nose, I'm drawing the nose, I'm drawing the mouth, I'm capturing the mouth, and I suppose overall it is kind of cartoony. But there's little or no exaggeration, and and the proof of it is is that. I remember years ago when I did these and, you know, you need to be doing them for commissions and people come back to you and say, geez, oh, that's, you know, we like it, but it doesn't look like us. It's not right. And I'm like, what's wrong with it? It just, you know, it just doesn't look like that. That was my life. You know, I used to have to deal with that every day. I would think it was right and they go, no, I don't like it. Now I would say 99% approval rating like, for everything. Like, I'm still like kind of going, really? Like I'm almost asking them, are you sure? because they just approve everything first go. So I know we're talking, I'm, I'm jumping, I talk a lot, sorry, that's, maybe that suits you, maybe it doesn't. But once people see that it looks like them, like people say, oh, caricatures, they see them online all the time saying, oh, the worst clients say, they were really difficult. I'm after doing this 10 times, they don't like it. They're, they're pricks, they're this, they're that, the other. And I'm kind of going in the background, kind of going, well, they're actually not. Do you know what I mean? They know what that person looks like. And if you're giving them something that doesn't look like them, you know, you can say, but my, my motto is that the customer is always right. Uh, and that's, you might say as an artist, like, well, I'm the artist, you know, I created this and I think it's right. Uh, but the truth is that when someone's paying money for something, they're not being difficult for the sake of it. If it either looks like them or it doesn't. And if it doesn't look like them, they're going to tell you. And so that's why I've kind of gone back and my style is really soft and like, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> people have such an interesting relationship with with caricature, don't they? They some people the reactions. I'm sure you've seen a spectrum of reaction. I remember you telling me one time was it when you were working for Guinness. What was that story? And your mom oh, was guy you handcuffed me to the toilet system thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was. I mean, uh, nothing like that has really happened in a long time. Yeah, he didn't like the way I drawn his girlfriend. I was in the loo doing what you do with a man standing up and he came in and he just grabbed my arm and he snapped a handcuff onto me 
And I was like, what the? And then he snapped it onto the, you know, the, the thing Bag that comes down to the water. And uh, yeah, basically said he's going to leave me there for the night if I didn't go out and do a better drawing on his girlfriend. That's and I was like, and this was like, this is going back. Jesus, we were doing it again. So I must have been here over, showing the age now, over 30 years ago, I'd say. Or, yeah, ish, ish. Um, and I remember going, look, no problem. Whatever you want. <laughs> what type of party was this that he showed up with handcuffs? What's going on? It's 30 years ago. I don't know. It's- it was near the border. I don't know if there was something else going on. Yeah, it was, I remember it was near Monaghan or somewhere like that or up that direction, yeah. And I was kind of like, either, yeah, anyway, yeah. But um, now you've had, it wasn't, it wasn't really that bad. I thought over the years you'd have the usual, you know. I remember one guy threw a pint at me. I remember it was all over my shirt. I was like, well, he, just, he just didn't like it and he just threw the pint. I was like, for fuck's sake. And then you'd have people like trying to start on you and stuff. And then that that was like, oh, you know, when you used to do a lot of nighttime gigs and weddings and stuff. So that's why I, I don't do them anymore. Like, I, you know, I point blank refuse to do any, um, I won't do a wedding in the evenings. I won't do evening weddings. Absolutely not. I'd rather really? see it in my eyes. Um, I remember I gave that up years ago for two reasons. That was the main reason, because dealing with piss heads, you know, um, and then I discovered some girl from England actually asked me whether they do a drinks reception. I was like, there's an idea. Yeah. Uh, and it's a dream. And it's been a dream for the last 15 years, I think, or more, where you go along, people are sober. It's kind of like an icebreaker thing. It's great fun. Everybody's relatively sober. Uh, well, no, they are. And um, yeah, and by the time they get drunk, the bell is called for dinner and you're done and you go home. And you'd be right, Stephen, to get drunk yourself if you want. <laughs> <laughs> there's a yeah, there's like, always a good atmosphere at the drinks reception because the the, kind of the mass is over, maybe. And you're like, okay, now we can, you know, chill out a little bit. That nervous excitement. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's yeah. great. It's yeah, it is, and it's a lovely time, and I really enjoy it, and I still enjoy it. You know, I still enjoy. It. I don't know how much longer I'll do it for because it's it's um, it's absolutely exhausting. Like it's it's exhausting, and you know what? I, I've noticed from even I, I print the paper here. I do kind of pre-print uh, pre-printed paper for the wedding. And instead of me kind of slowing up as I get older, I've actually got faster. Uh, so I need more paper now for the wedding, which means I'm doing more drawings, which means I'm drawing faster. Uh, and that goes back to what we said earlier because I just um, I can literally just churn them out now. I literally just boom, 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 boom. Uh, three minutes three four minutes per person and I'm done wow Um, and you know is this was this always the the plan when you were uh, starting out as an artist uh, like characterism was that ism I don't know if it's an ism but uh, character uh, caricaturing uh, was that the the plan for, uh, for your career at the very beginning, or you just kind of find- absolutely not? No, definitely. I was an animator for over ten years. I was a classical animator, so I did. Um, well, I did give up your since was the last thing I ever animated. That I don't know if you ever heard of that. Yeah, uh, actually, I didn't know. Yeah, that was yeah, that was, yeah, that was sort that of wasn't Christmas classical right? animation, but it was uh, that was the last thing I animated. But I did. I worked on All Dogs Go to Heaven and American Tale and different things like that. Um, but it was never the plan. Um, I remember, I don't know if Mark knows this, but for years, uh, true story, my wife was pregnant with my first, I had four boys, and she was pregnant with Reem, who's now 21, and in college, believe it or not, in Atlone, studying animation, which is like bizarre. Uh, yeah, he's in college in Atlone. She was pregnant with him, and I came home. And I remember animation was kind of changing at the time. It was going from traditional to digital. You know, kind of, it was that change over time where studios were starting to kind of scale down and 
kind of change the way they work. So that highly intensive sort of hand, everything hand by hand, hand painted cells, everything was kind of starting to be phased out. Uh, I kind of had to make a decision then whether I was going to go with it or not and stick with it. And I had this thing in my head where I just always loved it. So, for example, I, I work in a studio with 300 people, like in Sullivan Bluth. Have you heard of Sullivan Bluth? Yeah, that's the, that was mentioned. We interviewed uh, Tom from uh, Cartoons. Tom Moore from yeah. Cartoons. Yeah, and he was my, he's, you know, so, you could be in a studio with 300 people and uh, they would come to me if somebody's birthday or somebody was leaving and they'd get me to do a caricature, okay? And uh, I was kind of like, that's kind of a bit weird because, like, you've got 300 artists here and they asked me to do a caricature. So what I discovered was, was that even though there's loads of artists in every studio that I worked in, and I worked in Canada and I worked in Germany, and there was guys that kind of did caricatures, sort of, but I was always the go-to guy to get a caricature done. Um, and then it kind of dawned on me. I remember I started doing them more and more in the evenings and stuff. And I was really enjoying them. And I found a great freedom because the animation is so, uh, especially back then, I don't know if it's changed, but like uh, they used to call me off model a lot because, you know, I just work so fast and you had to stick. So in other words, if you had a character, it had to look like the character in every scene. And it was quite rigid. You know, you had all your model sheets up and it had to look like that Ninja Turtle. So whichever turtle you were drawing, it had to look like that one, or the character Shredder or whatever it was. I'm using the Ninja Turtles as a reference because that was my first job out of college. Uh, it had to look like them, and it was kind of really strict. So you were kind of drawing the same thing all day, every day. And I found that quite monotonous after a while. I was like, the freedom of a caricature was that you did one drawing, and then you were on to the next one. So I really enjoyed that because I, I get bored really easy. Like, um, if I start flicking around on Facebook now, don't be surprised because I just do. Like, I just start, oh, you know, what's that? No, I'm, I'm joking, but I, I get distracted really easy. I was the same in school. I'm a typical, I'm not a typical artist. I just, my attention span isn't great. I just get distracted really easy. And I found with the caricatures, it was like, by the time I got bored drawing somebody's face, I was on to the next one. I was on to the next one. I was on to the next one. So that really appealed to me. So I came home and told my wife, listen, I've got this idea. I'm going to quit my job, quit animation. I'm going to become this full-time caricaturist. And in fairness, she stood by me. She said, whatever you think. Um, and, you know, it's easy to look back now, but we were broke for three years. Like, we didn't have a penny. All the things I thought were going to happen didn't happen. Uh, the newspapers, couldn't get into the newspapers. And when I did get into the newspapers, I met absolute the worst people I've ever met. They were absolute pricks. Uh, I won't mention the newspapers because uh, some of them are still working today. But it was just, it was just so closed space. You couldn't get in. And when you did get in, the money was awful. Um, it was really awful. And that got worse as time went on. I ended up working for the, a lot of the papers, but that's, that's a whole other story. But um, so there was no market per se for characters. I hadn't thought it through at all because I wasn't a businessman. Like, I, I really wasn't. Um, I don't know if Mark knows that about me, but when I started off, I was, the, I think the expression is like I was really wet behind the ears. I remember going out to Liffey Valley on Saturday mornings, setting up a stall. That was the worst time because I've never done that before or since where I actually sit and, you know, do them or, or people were bringing photos and they come back the next. And I remember saying to my wife one day, I, I, she goes, you know, I did, I, somebody, I did a commission for somebody and I, I, I kind of sold myself. She said, oh, I've only got this much time. And I went, oh, don't worry about it. That's grand. I remember saying to me, well, it's not grand because you might have let her off, but now we're short. And it was kind of like, I started thinking, God, you know, 
this is my business now. I need to be a bit smart about this. So um, the whole caricature thing came about then. There was no one doing them at weddings, put it that way. So that whole market didn't exist. And that's really, I think, what has kept me going all through the years when everything else was shit. I had weddings, I had the wedding invitations, which I don't do anymore, really. I mean, I, they're still there, but I don't really advertise them um, as such. I know I put some up on my Instagram today. They were kind of different. Uh, they were more for sign things, but the, the whole wedding thing didn't exist. And that came about because I hadn't got the money for a present for a maid of mine who's getting married. So I said to him, how about I do caricatures at your wedding? Uh, just as a, you know, a bit of fun, as, as, you, as a gift to you. And he was like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I remember rocking up. I actually remember where it was. It was in Carton House in Maynooth. I can't remember which rent it was, but you must have a few quid to get married there. And I rocked up. I had my, I had my uh, like you know, the black portfolio case things with the paper in it and my pens and stuff. And I sat at the table. I just told people to get your drawing done. And uh, it just went really well. It, like, it went really well. So I started doing wedding fairs and, you know, it was word of mouth and stuff. And so this whole business came out of that uh, and just kind of grew. Uh, it grew to the point where I think this, I think that I, the other artists won't mind me saying this, there's at least two or three artists that make a living based on that kind of template, if you know what I mean. And I'm cool with that because they're great. We all pass work on to each other. You can't do it all. Um, but that whole industry didn't exist. Um, and that's that's kind of how all that came about. But to answer your question in a long-winded way, there was no plan. It, it literally just, I threw myself in. I had this idea. And then it was three years before I started making Penny. Um, and of course, I got a few breaks along the way and stuff. I got on the Late Late Show, which was huge like back then. It was just huge. You know, that, that was just, it just, to be honest, since then, Luke, it's, it's, I've never been, I don't think I've ever been a day out of work. Like, I don't think I've, I haven't ever been busy. And that's, geez, that must be, it's over 10 years ago, isn't it? When you were on the late, well, well over it's more than 10 years. Yeah, yeah no, years but you're ago. saying, like, you're saying you, you haven't got a business mind. I don't know if you said that, but you, you clearly do. You create almost oh. created an industry in itself. You know, you did you I ever? Do now, I do now. I didn't. I really didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, but you, you must have figured it out, you know, fairly quickly within five years, maybe. Um, because by the time I, I had met you. You know, you were giving me, you were telling me you would like to value my time and saying, look, think about, you know, charity starts at home and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah, and people. Hard way. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, you learned and, and you passed on. But, yeah, I was that soldier, though. You know, yeah. I, I had the balls to do that, though. The balls <laughs> to do that. Like, Jesus. Was it, was it because, do you think, you didn't want to, you didn't, you weren't able to do anything else? Had you any fallback? You know? No, I was just completely, when I think about it, really, I was a fucking agent. Like, I, you know, honestly, I, when I think about it, it's like, it could be, well, I could have gone back to animation. Mm. I could have always gone back to animation. I absolutely could. There's no doubt about that. And even now, I think I probably still could. I mean, there's so many jobs in animation and stuff, but it would kill me to do that. Like, I mean, I'd be, I've worked for myself now for, well, 21 years, um, you know, my own hours. And people say, how do you find the discipline to, you know, get up in the morning and stuff? Well, it goes back to what I just said. Like, you've got bills to pay. And people say, like, oh, yeah, what, you know, how do you not stay in bed? And I'm like, 
if I don't do it, it's not going to be done. If I take a day off, I've just got to do twice as much the next day. So that's my motivation. Like I've got a list of stuff I have to do. My wife loves doing up these spreadsheet things. You can see like these are things that I have to do for this week or this month or whatever. Like, and they have to be done. Like if I commit to a commission or commit to something, it has to be done. And that's your motivation. It just has to be done. It's a business and you will get a bad name really, really quickly. If you let people down, like if you don't have something done in time, I know it's only a caricature, but that's a gift for somebody. That's somebody's, that's something somebody's waited a month for, two months for, and they've told them we've got something really good for you, especially for your birthday. And if you let them down, word gets around like really quickly and you're like, your name would be Muck, really. There's, there's nothing more motivating than when your, your work is directly, your output is directly correlated to the income that you have. You know what I mean? Like it's really closely linked. The hours that you put in to the income that comes in, you know, sure. that's, that's that's quite stressful. Did did you ever think of trying to to get something more passive involved, you know, as part of Nilo Lockland as a brand? You know, obviously you have the prints. That's that's great. You know, that's passive income when it comes in. Is there anything else that you could possibly do to outsource what you do? No, I mean, I, I, that's been said to me over the years, and you know, I've, I've I've had people who think they know business better than me tell me you should be doing this and you should mm. be doing that and stuff and so on, but. Um, and you know what one thing I've learned over the years and you can see it with artists now as well and maybe you'll agree with me maybe you won't but I've always been realistic about what I do so there's two sides to that to, to answer your question at the end of the day right there's, you know there's the painting side of thing and Mark you know deep down and even today like the paintings here behind me and I thought, okay so I did the thing for Liverpool last year that was passive insofar as like I literally did one and then I could replicate it. That was fantastic. And I know artists like uh, you had Owen on recently, uh, and he does the cows, and then he does the prints. Um, and there's quite a few artists like, and I, I, I just, I think that model is fantastic. I think it's brilliant. I think he's a genius insofar as like you know he creates the pieces, and then he does the prints, and they they sell, um, and that's brilliant. And maybe that's the way I should have gone. But again, it, it doesn't suit me. It doesn't suit me. I like creating new pieces all the time. I like, well, you can see the cows behind me even. Somebody asked me to do one of them during lockdown. And I did one of them, right? And then I ended up doing three of them. And I sold a load of them. Like, it was mad. Like, it's mad how people love cows. But I got bored. I got bored. And I went, is this what I want to do? And it's not. Like, I'm not the cow man. You know, Owen or Deborah, Deborah Donnelly or whatever, they're the cow people. I'm the caricature man. That's what I'm known for. That's where my real strength lies. And that's where you can see I put my passion into it. I love doing other paintings. It's just, it's a more like a personal thing to show that I can do them. But um, I've lost track of your question. What, what was your question again? Sorry. Can you possibly make what you do kind of more oh, yeah, yeah. Like as, I as am you, actually on the right older, Your knees are going. They're gone. I'm, I'm bone on bone at nine o'clock tonight at the indoor soccer. I'm going. Uh, look, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. I am older. I, I'm, I'm in my fifties now. I am starting to slow down as much as I don't like to admit it. I am in terms of just, I am thinking about, you know, put it this way. This is getting deep now, but my kids, it's been, it was really tough. I think you kind of touched on it. So like, you know, income coming in. So you basically take every January, right? I had, I had a clean slate and I had to make it 
money for that year with four four kids and you just didn't know where it was going to come from and uh, it's been daunting over the years right and it hasn't all been playing safe there's times where like you're looking at your kind of going geez are we going to you know um how are we going to do this month or whatever because you just don't know uh but i've got to 51 now and thankfully we've got through it and you're starting to see the edge of the do you know what I mean? we're starting to get to the point where you hopefully will be starting to slow down but the lads are getting a bit older the two older lads they're working now the two younger ones are getting older a bit i know it's the mortgage will be paid off soon like I just you know it's hard to believe it's a young couple taking the mortgage out but like we've got a few years left so hopefully things will get a bit easier and my plan is to to do exactly what you said and if i can live that long but honestly that's my plan is to paint more and i know and the likes yourself and, and not just you mark loads of other people have said to me and it is it's, it's not a regret in my life that i don't paint more because i love painting and I, I do think i could have been quite good at it and could have come up with these things like you're suggesting but it, you got to understand that to do that right in my head right it's almost like going back to the start again so i touched on it with owen owen has built up his business doing the cows I have built up my business doing what I do. And that's what I'm known for. So do I turn my back on that to start what I would consider to be Niall Lachlan, the artist, the painter? Like I would need to give that at least two years in my head to create a body of work big enough that this one might sell, that one might sell, this one may not sell. And you know, Mark, that portraits and caricatures as paintings, so I've been there you know, I still have some of the originals of me. You know, some of them sell some, but you know how hard it is and how niche that market is to, um, it's, it's, do you know what? When I paint, like the ones behind me, I paint stuff because I want to paint them because the characters that I like or, or, or enjoy painting. But I think you'll agree, but for me to make a living that I've made painting, I just don't think it's, 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 not, it's not an option. It's I don't think so. So strange as well because I've I've been I've been a fan of uh, Mark's work since I was a, a child. But sometimes some of the my favorite ones that Mark has done didn't really sell that well, or you know, it still has the original stuff. I'm like, this is one of my this is one of the best ones. But I guess it's really is uh, subjective, and I guess you never know. Uh, Mark, do you ever kind of uh, are surprised that maybe one that you thought was brilliant didn't really wasn't really a runner? Yeah, because it is like everybody has their own different tastes and it's not necessarily the most technically best painting that goes on and gets sells for the most money. Um, I envy Mark, your work is fantastic. Like it really, that's not blowing smoke with your eyes, but your portraits are amazing. Like, but do you feel you could make a living just from painting? Um, no, no. Well, I do. No, if I did, I'd, I'd have done it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I learned quite early on. I didn't like the feeling of the jo- the joy and satisfaction didn't outweigh the stress of not knowing where the money was going to come from next. It didn't. Yeah. And, and it almost diminished with the stress. The stress will, and I'm not a stressful person, but the stress was taken over yeah. and then you're selling out and you're painting stuff you don't want to, and then what's the point in that? I yeah. might as well do a job that pays well and paint on the side. And that's what I did. And I always wanted to work for myself. So eventually I got to that point yeah. and I'm living my dream at the moment but i got there eventually well this like, job mark this job doing all this stuff commission yeah. stuff, that's my job yeah you know what i mean that is my job now admittedly it's I, i'm still doing something i love doing but it's it's my job yeah Whereas that is my hobby so that's how i've done it 
you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's the so, same. It's the same. And we used yeah. to have the same conversation. How are you getting on? I'd say, oh, I'm I'm an account doing account stuff. Oh, I'm not yeah. doing enough paintings. And you'd be saying the same thing. Not doing. And it is paintings. because my job pays the bills. Yeah. And my hobby is over there. So it's exactly the same as you, except that I just have my job happens yeah. to be drawing. I mean, like, I mean, I couldn't turn around and say, oh, well, I don't want to spend my whole day drawing yeah. pictures for other people. The truth is, I actually really enjoy it. My, my, my job, you know, I don't want to, you could argue, I don't want to have to go out at the weekends to weddings or go to corporate events or whatever. But the truth is, it's my job. And, you know, I do enjoy it. Like, I'll never look back and say, I'm sorry I did that. Or whatever. But that is my job. Mm. I mean, and I, I think, as I said, I've had to be realistic, Luke, um, because it's a niche market, what I do, the paintings and stuff. And as much as I love to, and I, I, as I said, I do plan to do more. I keep saying that. But I do plan to do more. But it's fine in the time, Luke. Honestly, the schedule, like, it's just, you know, it's just fine in the time. And trying to find a balance between having family life and having your sports and taking your kids to soccer and all that. It's, it's really difficult. You know that as well, Mark. Mm. Lots, lots of things have evolved since, let's say, what am I saying? Let's say 15 years ago when, when I kind of met you first, let's say. Lots of things have evolved. You're even doing stuff digitally now more so than, than physically. Yeah. So much stuff has evolved, right? But what hasn't evolved is it, it's still the same problem. A young artist is still struggling. It's still no career path ahead of them to be an artist as a full-time job. That hasn't changed in no, hasn't. since I was that age. And that is, that's shocking. Like, yeah. And I don't know if if there is a solution to that. So when I'm talking to people, especially on the podcast, especially artists, I'm trying to figure out, is there any strategy that you can put in place? What kind of tips could you possibly give? The tip, the tip from this is be Nile Lachlan. And that's one in a God knows how many million. Do you know what I mean? Like, is there anything guidance wise, never mind technically uh, painting and stuff like career wise, a bit of a structure do's and don'ts. Is there anything that you'd, you'd kind of say to a young artist who actually doesn't want to become an accountant? It's funny. It's funny. There's, there's, there is a few young artists. Uh, it's it's. Uh, oh God, they probably know who I'm talking about. I'm sure they will. But they literally copy everything that I do. And I'm not talking about my work. They don't copy my work. If they're influenced by it, that's fine. Uh, and that, but they don't copy my work. But they copy my business model. Uh, certain things that I post. Certain things that I say. Certain things that I do. Uh, I can't say what you know. But there's certain things. I'm being a bit vague, but they do. I, I, I have a way of my social media and stuff, which you know, I've I, I got quite good at that over the years and getting publicity. But you can see that they have latched on to certain things that I say and do on social media. Uh, for example, uh, I'm going to get. <laughs> even if you're not booked out, right? If you put up on social media that you're booked out, everybody wants booking. Everybody. Yeah. yeah right. Now, I remember years ago, I used to put it up and I'd be busy, right? I would be busy. I could probably take on one or two commissions or, you know, maybe a few more, but I put it up anyway. Now, when I put it up, I genuinely mean it. Like, I am actually booked out. Like, you know, uh, but whether they're booked out or not, I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. It's just little, little things. So, my advice is, uh, yeah, copy me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I, you know, it's a, it's a, it is a way to go for sure. Um, so like, but the the things that people are going to be want to become artists if that's what they want to do anyway, Mark, you know, you can't say 
don't bother because it's, it's, you know, it's going to be. Well, uh, Mark, you agree. Uh, I know we're being flipping, slight flipping and stuff, but I would say that um, you've got to get, you've got to get good at what you do. And, you know, so many years, artists tend to be very self-depreciating. And, uh, you know, uh, I used to take compliments well. And, you know, I, you know, people say to me all the time, you're brilliant, you're this, you're that, and the other. And you know what? I'm not saying it's in one ear and out of the other, but it's like, I know, I know that there's always someone better than me. Uh, and, and as an artist, if you ever lose that, I think you should just give up and do something else. So in my head, like they might say I'm great, but I know there's somebody better than me. So my motivation is always to be better than the next person. But I did learn as I got older, I used to torment myself with certain artists trying to get to that level. But then I realized, because it really did torment me, like it almost upset because I was like, I'm never going to be that good. But then I just remember, kind of as I got older, and I'm getting very deep here now, but I just wanted to be as good as I could be. Uh, and that is really deep, but I just wanted to be the best I could be because in college, I was not the best, not by a long shot. Uh, but out of all them, a lot of people, I'm, you know, still working, I'm still doing, and I have improved a huge amount. And that goes back to earlier what we said, like, there's no way I would be as good as I am now if I didn't work as hard as I did. Like, literally drawing every day has to, has to, you know, has, you have to improve. Mm. Um, you know, so my advice would be work. God, I sound like an old man now. I am an old. But it is hard work, isn't it? It's just hard work and graft. And don't give up because the, the amount of times I had doors slammed in my face and sat not in this studio, but the other one just banging my head off. And I thought, oh my God, what am I going to, you know? And literally crying. I was so depressed, like I cried. And one thing I didn't say to you was that when I started, everybody used to tell me how talented I was, but it meant nothing because I couldn't make a living doing what I knew I was best at. And that was the most frustrating thing. Uh, and I remember, and there's a few people who, who know this as well, because I remember saying to them, um, I don't know, I'm going to give up, I'm going to do something else. And they were like, no, 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 keep that. Because I really felt like, you know, everyone's saying you're so talented, but what's the point in having a talent? Like, you know, why can't I be Paul McCartney or something, you know? Or, you know, something like a boy song, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm not comparing myself to Paul McCartney, by the way. Yeah. I'm just saying I felt bigger. <laughs> people telling you you're talented. And not known any direction. Mm. I've not known what to do with it, or you know, what's the point? Like, you could have given me a decent talent, God. Say, you know what I mean? That's the, that was my kind of attitude. Like, why can't it be something that I could actually do something with? Like, yeah, I think one thing, one th another thing that you, you're quite good at is you said that you got a few breaks, right? You, you you got them through your own persistence, and you made your own look. And people say to me as well, "Oh, there's you in a picture with this celebrity or whatever." I was like didn't see all the emails I sent just asking to, to get to that stage, you know? Oh, Mark, you're so right. Hmm. Yeah, and that's true to this day. That is true to this day. You're 100% right. You touched on something, really. The amount of people who think that I just got to meet this, or I got to do this, or I got to do that. Oh, my God. I'm talking like you are not. Now, I haven't done that a lot lately, right? I haven't met a lot of people. I haven't been on anything. But that is... To me, in my head, that is a deliberate thing. I don't want to do anything at the moment. I'm quite busy. I just don't want anybody to see. I, you know, I suppose that's a good place to be. Like, I probably will go out on a publicity kind of whatever, maybe uh, next year or something. But I got a, I, you know, I got a lot of publicity over the lockdown. 
And that came oh, yeah, yeah. completely out of blue. More people know me now since the lockdown than ever knew me before. Uh, and that was kind of the Tony Holland thing uh, went around the world. It was the Adam from the Late Late. I think that went viral. People still say, oh, you're the fella who did. Uh, you know, there wasn't a day went by when I wasn't in the Indo or one of the papers, the picture of me with my work and stuff and so on. So that, that was that was bizarre because I didn't actually court that. Do you know what I mean? That, I didn't actually think about that. And that's another thing that when you're starting out, you do have to bang on door and you do. And, and trust, there's, there's companies that spend their whole day, Mark, trying to think of ways to get publicity the way I got it. And the truth was, and people said, how do you get that publicity? How do you get that? And the, I think the harder you try and the more you think about it, the less it's going to happen. Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes it's, it's creating something unique that has that's not yeah. out there in the world. That's a huge advantage that yeah. you and any kind of creative person has from from a marketing perspective is to yeah. create something unique and one and another thing is timing as well but combining those two things together you're very uh-huh. very good at because of your speed yeah. because of your creativity and your imagination um yeah you late late the late late, late show huh you have to be on the money or on the ball yeah yeah, yeah. the late late show do you th- that was a huge thing and that, and that's probably that was probably a point where you you really kind of got to that next level i'd imagine was it like the late, late show? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I still use it on all my, I mean, even on my email tags, I've seen on the late, late show. <laughs> I'm like Styra a lot. You remember Styra? Remember you big thing, yeah. That's the lads used to call me. Oh, here's Styra a lot. Styra, as seen on the late, late show. Do you think, do you think being on the late, late show in 2021 has the same impact or anywhere near the same uh, that's just that's so mad that's mad because i was just thinking about that today i was reading all the things online uh, i was reading the news online earlier and people all oh, it was like common comment after comment who did tuberty have on i know whoever it was and the, all the comments were i wouldn't watch that shit who watches this shit who watches that shit uh, i think it was something to do with mrs brown's voice or something and they're all saying wouldn't watch that shit either and I know people who post on these things generally are just vicious. You know, there's a huge majority that watch the Late Late Show and don't watch. But to answer your question, I don't know. I, I'd be fearful of social media if I went on it. You know, what people would be saying, who the fuck is your man, the baldy bastard? You know, I don't know how I go with all that. You know, I, uh, social media is vicious, but does it have the same effect? Look, I can only speak personally. Myself and my wife, we sit down on Friday night. Do we watch the Late Late Show? No, we don't. But it's, we still record it. So we're usually on Netflix or something, right? We record it. And if you see something, something interesting, we'll flick through it. So I don't know how many, like, we often said, like, if I just sit down and watch the whole lot, including the ads, like, I'd lose my mind. I'd lose my mind. Do you know what I mean? So to answer your question, I don't know if it does or not. I still feel a lot of people watch it. But I wonder if I was on it now, would it have the same impact it did back then? What, I, what do you think? I think... What do you think, Luke? I think that they, they have... It's like the best opportunity that's that's kind of going to waste. Like the they could jazz it up so much more, have it a little bit more fun to watch. You know, because you know they go on, they uh they they have the the illness of the week. They have an you know some. I don't want to have a, a little bit of that mixed in, but sometimes that's like the main guest of whatever uh that's happening. Like, and then you, you flick on to like uh, Graham Norton, and there that's the other extreme. But is there something? Can they make it a bit more fun for? UK is a different animal, though. I mean, they have to, you know, it's a different animal. But, I mean, it, uh, if, if I was on it, 
this Friday, uh, would I be able to walk down the main street with everybody that's going, oh, there's your man for the Late Late Show? I, would they? I don't know. No, I mean, my answer my answer would be no. It doesn't have the same impact. One, there's too many. I don't think it does. No, there's too many other vehicles uh, to get out there in front of people. Like yeah. social media at the time wasn't a thing. Um, YouTube, yeah. you can be a celebrity on YouTube. There's all these yeah. other vehicles of, of actually, but it was a real funnel. Like I, you made it if you're on the, if you're Irish. That was it was that, yeah. and it was maybe a handful of others. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, so, it's different now. Hey, Mark, it's so interesting. Remember, we were talking to somebody who had started a company. I think he was only twenty or something. He was on one of our other podcasts, and uh, it was really interesting talking to somebody like that because he's like, "Yeah, I'd never watch anything more than twelve minutes." And I was like, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, I watch these documentaries, and they're you know ten, twelve minutes. That's all you need. Like, I couldn't sit down and watch it." And I'm like, Gee, "What? The, okay, well, so he's not watching late, late." For three hours on a Friday, like, you know. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, yeah I, a few years ago, I don't know how many years ago, I was on the, the uh, Nationwide, so they did a little documentary, little piece. I remember it well. Yeah. You remember that one? So, yeah. I I saw I, I was on your stag, Luke, in Edinburgh at the time. I remember telling you, like, I'm selling loads of stuff. My phone was hopping, yeah. sold loads of stuff, original paintings, like online. Like people don't usually do that because um, they're expensive. Um, because of Nationwide, and I said to your one, like I said. Jesus, that was great. And she's like, yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah. I put that along with the late, late though. It's kind of similar, isn't it? It's my favorite thing on RT. It's just a little bit more positive out there. Tidy towns. Yeah. You know, boats in the Midlands. It's all great stuff. But uh, I want to be respectful of your time here, Niall. Thanks very much for coming on, along to oh, the, the, the time is, Oh, my Jesus, look at the time. Yeah. That's, oh my God, that's Bye, really bye. bad, lads. All I did is shine on for it. Uh, no, it was, it was pure gold here. And what's the, what would you prefer? A t-shirt uh, designed by Mark or a, a mug designed by Mark? If you had to pick one. Oh, no, I want a t-shirt. Can I get a t-shirt? Yeah, you can get this one. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, what do you, what do you know? first? XL, is it? <laughs> we're, we're right. I'm XL. Easy XL, yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send, send that out to you after this, but uh, thanks very much yeah, for coming Yeah, get a t-shirt. On. That's brilliant, but I don't know if I'm going to come on sooner. <laughs> t-shirt, a t-shirt and, uh, and a mug, whatever. I'll do my Instagram and my Shark Club t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, they're running I out. You designed that part, did you? I did, yeah. Yeah, of course Good I did. Good Nothing that else. Is that seriously an hour? We're really talking for an hour. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's all. That's it. Oh, God. It Was there anything else? No. Um, we could talk all bloody night, couldn't we? We could talk all night. I said maybe just I'd finish on this because something that you said earlier on really uh, kind of uh, I thought it was a really good analogy about the football. You know, like um, when you're growing up and these lads that are, you know, very good at football and stuff, but I'm playing from every hour after school until it's time to go to bed and I'm still yeah. shite. Like, you know, like overall, like, and. I just wonder, like, what makes the it it it's kind of a good uh, analogy for art, I think, because what makes somebody you know better than than someone who's trying really hard? It's just something that's in them. Because if you look at football players, you know, there's like, the best players in the world. There's people who can run faster and jump higher, and yeah, they like it away, but they can't put it all together in uh in something that you know uh works out. So maybe leave that uh with a maybe a thinker for uh the audience out there and uh. Wish you all the best in your football later on tonight. And listen, look after those knees, all right? <laughs> all right. It's a bit late for that. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks a million, lads.